Welcome in everyone to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. Everyone's out today. Had a had a busy Labor Day weekend. I was golfing yesterday, so got to get the show in today. We had a, a whale of a first of Week One college football. A uh, lot of great games to talk about. We will uh, talk about those. Get some NFL news updates. Talk about the college football playoff 12-team format that we learned of after that announcement happened. And then uh, we'll get into our Super Bowl picks and awards picks. Um, and then we will give you our picks for the Thursday night kickoff game um, coming up in a couple of days. Bills, Rams. So... Uh, starting off on Friday, number 15, Michigan State, 35-13 over Western Michigan. Peyton Thorne was fantastic. 50%, not great, but he threw four touchdowns. Did throw the one interception, but overall a very decent, a very good, uh, first game for Peyton Thorne in his second season as a starter for the Spartans. Uh, Jack Salapek. For the the Mustangs there, not that great. Uh, 193, no touchdowns. Did turn the ball over once on a fumble. Sparty was able to run the ball all night with Jalen Berger. 16 carries, 120 yards, touchdown. He fumbled it once as well. Um, and then Keon Coleman for Michigan State was your leading receiver. Four catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of great defensive performances in this game, but I'm going to go with linebacker Jacoby Winman for Michigan State. Crazy game for him. Seven tackles, three of them solos, four sacks, and four tackles for a loss. Great game for Jacoby there. Michigan State, they covered uh, minus 21.5, under 54.5. Old Dominion, the upset of Friday night, 20-17 over Virginia Tech. This one was at Old Dominion, so they had the home field advantage, got a last-second score, literally last-second scoring on the last play of the game to win it. Um, Grant Wells, Marshall transfer to Virginia Tech, not a great debut, one touchdown, 193, 21-36. But four interceptions, not what you want to see. He did score a rushing touchdown, seven carries, 45 yards to go along with that. Hayden Wolf, not very good either for the Monarchs there. 14 to 35, that's only 40%. 165, and he turned the ball over, fumbling at once. Virginia Tech was able to run the ball very effectively. Keyshawn King, 19 carries, 111 yards, uh, three receptions, 18 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Ollie Jennings, though, for Old Dominion, had the majority of Hayden Wolf's yardage. Five catches, 122 yards. He put the ball on the ground, one fumble there. Um, but defensively, Old Dominion was able to get the stops that they needed, led by linebacker Jason Henderson. 16 tackles, two solos, and a tackle for loss. My defensive player of the game, however, is Old Dominion safety Robert Kennedy the third. 
Seven tackles, one of them solo, a half a tackle for loss, two pass deflections, and a 25-yard fumble returned for a touchdown. Old Dominion plus six covered under 48 and a half. Duke, my Blue Devils coming through for me on my lone on my uh, my lone wolf there, 30 to zero <laughs> at home over Temple. Uh, Riley Leonard looked fantastic, 24 of 30, 328, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Also ran it 11 times for 64 yards. I told y'all, Dwan Mathis is not good, people. And um, 11 for 21, 83 yards, and a fumble is not going to get it done at the collegiate FBS level. Now, North Dakota State transferred Quincy Patterson did not fare well either. 3 of 8, 37.5%. 31 yards, that's all uh, Mr. Patterson did. Not much running game for either team. Leonard led the way in the game, but uh, Duke's leading rusher, Jalen Coleman, eight carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown there. Um, Jalen Calhoun, wide receiver for Duke, six catches, 90 yards. He was your leading receiver in the game. Defensively, my defensive player of the game is going to be... Uh, I'm going to go with defensive tackle Anais, Anais Peebles uh, for Duke. Only had one tackle, but he did have three QB hurries, so I like that stat there. Duke covered minus 9.5 easily, under 51.5. The unders were crazy on, on Friday. All the games that we had picked went under on Friday's slate. Indiana 23-20 over Illinois. Another one I got right on Friday. Connor Bazelak, good game for him, 28-52. Not a great completion percentage, 53.8%. But he threw for 330 yards, a touchdown. Did have an interception, but uh, ultimately did not cost them. Tommy DeVito, however, for the Illini, he turned it over twice, had a pick and a fumble. Uh, 21 to 35, 60 percent, 235 yards, two touchdowns, also 11 carries for 13 yards. Chase Brown has been fantastic for Illinois through two games. Uh, 36 carries, 199 yards. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry on that game. Also caught one for six yards. Uh, Sean Shivers scored a touchdown for the Hoosiers, and then uh, Cam Camper. What a great name! He had a 100-yard day. They had 200-yard receivers, did Indiana. 15 uh, or 11 receptions, 156 yards. He fumbled it once, however. Um, Again, did not come back to hurt them. Uh, Also for Indiana, 100-yard game, DJ Matthews Jr., seven catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. The uh, Illinois Illinois also had a 100-yard receiver, wide receiver Isaiah Williams, nine catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, I am going to go with the bottom guy, Illinois defensive lineman Derzon Newton, five tackles, two of them solos, a sack, one-and-a-half tackles for loss, and three QB hurries. Indiana covered. That was a pick'em game under 47 and a half. TCU, the Horn Frogs, getting it done in Boulder. 
uh, crushing Colorado, 38-13. to JT Shrout was your leading passer in the game. Colorado, 13-23, to 56.5%, 157 yards and a touchdown. None of the quarterbacks played very well. Uh, it's just the TCU quarterbacks didn't turn it over, and the Colorado ones, uh, they didn't either, but just not as effective as the TCU quarterbacks uh, and the TCU running game. But uh, quarterback Chandler Morris for TCU, he led the way 13 of 20, 65%, 111 yards, four carries, 18 yards. Uh, you also had Brendan Lewis in the game at QB for the Buffaloes, 13 of 18, very efficient there, but only 78 yards, eight carries, 42 yards, very effective on the ground was Brendan Lewis. Max Duggan, the veteran, only had a short time in the game, but two of three, 66.7%, 27 yards, three carries for 41 yards. Kendra Miller, your leading rusher in the game, eight carries, 52 yards, a touchdown, also one catch for one yard. Emery DiMarcado, he scored a touchdown for the Horn Frogs, and so did freshman quarterback Sam Jackson, three carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Your leading receiver in the game, Daniel Arias for Colorado, four catches, 66 yards. And what a game for Darius Davis, wide receiver for TCU. Two catches, 25 yards, so not that effective in the receiving game, but he had a 27-yard rushing touchdown and a 60-yard punt return touchdown as well. So the more you can do, that's what we always say. Defensively, I'm going to go with linebacker D. Winters for TCU. Five tackles, four solos, a sack, two and a half tackles for loss, a pass deflection, and a quarterback hurry. TCU covered easily, minus 13 and a half, under 59 and a half. Saturday, what a day it was. Starting off with number six, Texas A&M. 31-0 shutout of Sam Houston State. Haynes King was fantastic, 20-31, 64.5%, 364-yards, three touchdowns. Got to limit the turnovers, though. Two picks in this one, six carries for 35 yards as well. Uh, Jordan Yates for the Bearcats here, 14-28, 50%, 91 yards. He threw a pick, also carried it 14 times for 60 yards. And then Max Johnson came in in relief of Haynes King. For the Aggies, 3 of 4, uh, 23 yards, and 1 carry for 11 yards. Devin Achain led the way on the ground in the game. Uh, 18 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown for Texas A&M. Also, 1 reception for 9 yards there. The uh, Sam Houston could not run the ball at all. Leading rusher for them was a punter on a fake punt. Jaden Cardell, 1 carry, 18 yards for him. Uh, and then receiving-wise, wide receiver Anaya Smith had a whale of a game. Six catches, 164 yards. That's 27.3 average. Two touchdowns. Uh, also carried it three times for 11 yards. Great name, Yulkeith Brown for Texas A&M. Two catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, defensively, I think I'm going to go with the top guy there. Sam Houston State's defensive lineman, Markel Perry, seven tackles, four solos, and three tackles for loss. Texas, uh, Sam Houston State covered, plus 34.5, under 54 easily. Number eight, Michigan rolling over Colorado State, 51-7. to 
Uh, your leading passer in the game. Quarterbacks did not throw for much at all. Uh, it was Michigan's running game most of the day. But Clay Millen for Colorado State, 16-20, 80%, very efficient, 137 yards, one touchdown, two turnovers, though, a pick and a fumble. Cade McNamara, not that great, 50% completion, 9 of 18, 136 yards and a touchdown. Allen Bowman came in for Michigan as well, 5 of 6, 40 yards. J.J. McCarthy played QB for the Wolverines also, 4 of 4, uh, 30 yards, 3 carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Blake Corum for Michigan led the way on the ground, 13 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown, one catch for 9 yards. And wide rece- uh, receiving-wise, wide receiver Torrey Horton for Colorado State. He was your game-leading receiver. Six catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, I'm going to go with Michigan defensive back DJ Turner. Two tackles, both of them solos, a tackle for loss, and a 45-yard fumble returned for a touchdown. Michigan covered minus 31 and under 61 and a half hit. Okay, I am mad about this game. Number 13, NC State beating East Carolina 21 to 20. ECU had two chances to win this game, or one chance to tie it, a chance to win the game at the end. Kicker missed both the extra point to tie it at 21, and he missed the game-winning field goal. Uh, kickers, man. You have to have good special teams in order to win games. We saw it a couple times in a bunch of games this weekend. Holt Nailers was good. 25 of 41, 267, two touchdowns. Did throw two interceptions, five carries, 57 yards. Very good on the ground for him. Devin Leary wasn't that great. Uh, 17 of 33. 51.5%, 211 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The pick should have cost the Wolfpack the game. However, again, kicking is for losers, as Kelly in Vegas likes to say. Demi Sumo Karngbe uh, led the way on the ground in this game. 14 carries, 79 yards, one touchdown, also a catch for six yards. The uh, Pirates struggled to to run the ball all day, pretty much, except for Ehlers' legs. Uh, The leader in receiving yards for the game, C.J. Johnson, wide receiver for ECU. Six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And defensively, there weren't tackle stats for some reason on this game, so... um, a bunch of guys to shout out here. Corner Aiden White for NC State. He had three pass deflections. Safety Jair 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 Wilson. Uh, one pass deflection and a pick. And then safety Sean Brown for NC State. He had the blocked punt recovery in the end zone for a touchdown. ECU cover plus nine and a, uh, plus twelve and a half. And under 51 and a half. Iowa over South Dakota State, 7 to 3. This is another game, maybe mad. Spencer Petrus was terrible, 11 of 25, 44%, 109 yards and a pick. Mark Gronowski wasn't much better, 10 of 26, 38 and a half percent, 87 yards. 
Um, the running game were not that great either. LaShawn Williams led the way for Iowa. 24 carries, 72 yards. He fumbled at once. Two receptions for 23 yards. Uh, Arlen Bruce, the fourth for Iowa, is le- your leading receiver in the game. Five catches, 68 yards. Um, and then a whole host of defensive stats. I mean, you can pick anyone on this list and you, you wouldn't be wrong. Look, the only way South Dakota State lost this game, they got outscored in the second half 4-0. Two safeties given up uh, for the Jackrabbits, man. We were so close. I had them live money line. Um, and, you know, they, they should they, they should have got it done. At least took it to overtime 3-3, but they could not get the ball moving in the right direction. Uh, but... To shout some people out, linebacker Adam Bach for South Dakota State, 13 tackles, leading tackler in the game, six solos. Great game for him. Jack Campbell, one of the best linebackers in the country for Iowa, 11 tackles, four of them solos, a half tackle for loss, a QB hurry, and he had the first safety in the game. And then defensive end Joe Evans for Iowa, four tackles, two of them solos, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. He had the second safety uh, sacking Mark Gronowski in the end zone. Also, defensive back Quinn Schultz, Schulte for Iowa. One tackle, it was a solo, and four pass deflections for him. South Dakota State covered easily, plus 10.5. Under 42, easily. Okay, very small print because we had a barn burner in Boone, North Carolina, home to Appalachian State. North Carolina gets the win. They are 2-0, 63-61 over Appalachian State. Look, this game was absolutely crazy. 62 points combined in the fourth quarter, uh, one shy of tying the FBS record for most points in a quarter ever. Um, App State scored 40 of those 62. Just crazy, crazy. They were down 20 points. Uh, 41 to 21 early, uh, late in the third quarter there. But Chase Bryce, 25 of 36, 361, six touchdowns, did throw an interception, eight carries, 36 yards. And the freshman Drake May has been fantastic against FAMU last week, against App State this week, 24 of 35, 68.6%. Four touchdowns, 12 carries, 76 yards, another touchdown. He had five total in this one. Did turn the ball over, which led to an App State score in the fourth, but did not ultimately cost them. Two two-point conversions not converted by Appalachian State. One to tie it at – or one to take the lead, actually, um, at – 56 it would have been 56 to 57 had they scored that one and then one to tie it at the end at 63 they could not get it um nate noel your leading ball carrier in the game 14 carries 116 yards two touchdowns two catches for 17 yards for the mountaineers there app state um 
Receiving-wise, crazy game. I mean, a million people scored touchdowns. Wide receiver Kobe Paysauer was your leader in receiving yards for the game. Eight catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown for the Tar Heels. Uh, you had Deshaun Davis scoring for App State. J.J. Jones scoring a, a, a receiving touchdown for UNC. App State had Christian Horn and Caden Robinson, receivers scoring touchdowns. Tight end Bryson Nesbitt for UNC, three catches, 47 yards, a touchdown. Also had a 43-yard kick return touchdown on the onside kick attempt when App State was down 55-56. to uh, Tight end Henry Pearson scored for App, as did tight end Miller Gibbs. Uh, Christian Wells scored a receiving touchdown for Appalachian State as well. Defensively, I'm going to go with the bottom guy, linebacker Nick Hampton for Appalachian State. Crazy good game for him. Five tackles, four solos, two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and a QB hurry. Appalachian State covered plus three and over 50, or UNC covered plus three and uh, over 56. Easily, both teams. 124 points in this game. Crazy, crazy game. Number nine, Oklahoma crushing UTEP 45-13. Uh, Gavin Hardison had a pretty decent game, 26-42, 244. No touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, but OU's Dylan Gabriel transfer from UCF, 15-23, 65.2%, 233 yards. Two touchdowns, six carries, 20 yards, and a touchdown to three total in his Sooner debut. Quarterback Calvin Brownholtz came in for Hardison in the second half. Five of eight, 44 yards, and a pick for Brownholtz there. Running back Eric Gray for Oklahoma, 16 carries, 102 yards, two catches, 33 yards for him. And running back Marcus Major, for Oklahoma, seven carries, 54 yards. He scored two touchdowns, also had a catch for eight yards. Wide receiver Gavin Freeman was the leader. Uh, or had He had a 46-yard rushing touchdown on the day. And your leading receiver here, wide receiver Marvin Mims, three catches, 81 yards on the day. Tight end Braden Willis, he scored both touchdowns from Dylan Gabriel. Three catches, 40 yards, and two touchdowns. And again, I'm going with the bottom guy for my defensive player of the game. Defensive lineman Reggie Grimes for Oklahoma. Three tackles, two solos, two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and a QB hurry. Oklahoma covered minus 31, over under 58 push. Got him a little bit out of order here, but number 16, Miami absolutely annihilated Bethune Cookman. 70 to 13. Uh, Bethune Cookman's Jalen Jones actually led the game in uh, passing yards. 11 of 20, 243 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. 16, six carries, 15 yards. Tyler Van Dyke was absolutely fantastic. 13 of 16, 81.3%, 193 yards, two touchdowns, and he did have the one fumble. 
His backup, Jake Garcia, came in. It was awesome as well. Seven of seven, 88 yards. Uh, two other quarterbacks throwing passes for uh, the Wildcats. Bethune-Cookman, Walter Simmons, the third, two of three, nine yards and a pick. Tyrone Franklin Jr., one of four, negative three yards and a pick. Four carries, three, 30 yards for him. Henry Paris Jr., the transfer from Ole Miss, 14 carries, 108 yards, three touchdowns in his Hurricane debut, three catches for 25 yards as well. Thaddeus Franklin Jr., he scored twice on uh, nine carries for 78 yards as well. Uh, Terrell Walden, five carry, the second, five carries, 41 yards, and touchdown. Miami running game, absolutely electric in this one. Devin Perry led the uh, – uh, he scored five carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown for Miami as well. The uh, leading receiver in the game, wide receiver Xavier Restrepo, five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown for the Hurricanes. And defensively, got to go with defensive back Gilbert Frierson for Miami. Two tackles, one solo, and a 32-yard pick, six. Miami covered – they covered minus 49 and a half, y'all. 49 and a half they cover. That is absolutely crazy. Over 60 and a half Miami by themselves. Here we go. Number three, Georgia. Annihilating number 11, Oregon. 49 to three. I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be a closer game. But Georgia had other plans. Quarterback Stetson Bennett. Fantastic game. 25 of 31, 80.6%. 368 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. He also carried it two times, eight yards, and another touchdown. Three scores for Bennett on the day. Bo Nix struggled once again, falling to 0-4 against Georgia in his career with Auburn and Oregon combined. 21 of 37, 56.8%, 173 yards, two picks, eight carries, 37 yards. Carson Beck was great as well when he came in in relief of Stetson. Five of six, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Kendall Milton, your leading rusher on the day, eight carries, 50 yards, a touchdown. Also caught an 18-yard touchdown. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, while only carrying it five times for 18 yards and a touchdown, he also had nine catches for 117 yards. So great receiving day for Kenny there. Lad McConkey, your leading receiver in the game, five catches, 73 yards, touchdown. Also two carries, 16 yards, and another touchdown. So Lad getting in the end zone twice, uh, just like Kendall Milton did. Defensively, I'm going to go with defensive back Christopher Smith. Man, he was all over the field. Every time we looked up at the TV, he was t making a tackle or a play. Six tackles, three of them solos, a tackle for loss, pass deflection, and a pick. Georgia covered easily, minus 16, under 54 and a half. Number 19, Arkansas, getting the close one over number 23, Cincinnati, 31-24. Ben Bryant was very good in his Bearcat debut, 26 of 43, the Eastern Michigan transfer, 60.5%, 325 yards, 
two touchdowns, did have two turnovers. The fumble was costly. Uh, one pick as well. Quarterback KJ Jefferson for the Razorbacks, 18 of 26, 69.2%, 223 yards, three passing touchdowns, also at 18 carries, 62 yards, and a rushing touchdown. He fumbled it once as well. Running back Raheem Sanders for Arkansas, your leading rusher, 20 carries, 117 yards, also caught three balls for 12 yards. Wide receiver Tyler Scott for Cincinnati, the leading receiver in the game, five catches, 77 yards. Tight end Trey Knox for Arkansas, he scored twice to go along with six catches for 75 yards. Defensively, Bumper's my guy for Arkansas. Bumper pool, 13 tackles, four solos, and a tackle for loss. But I have to go with Cincinnati's linebacker, Ivan Pace Jr. 12 tackles, six of them solos, a sack, and three and a half tackles for loss. Uh, great game in a losing effort for Ivan Pace. Arkansas covered minus six and a half by the friggin' hook. I had Cincy plus six and a half, over 54 and a half there. By the hook as well, 55 scored. Number 24, Houston, getting it done at UTSA, 37-35 in triple overtime. Frank Harris was great, 28 of 43, 65.1%, 337 yards, three touchdowns. He did have a pick, but he also carried it eight times for 63 yards and another score. So four scores on the day for both quarterbacks because Clayton Toon for the Cougars, 22 of 32, 68.9%, 206 yards, three passing touchdowns as well, 15 carries, 51 yards, a touchdown, and he had a fumble. So both quarterbacks, four touchdowns, one turnover each. Running back Brandon Campbell for Houston, your leading rusher in the game other than Frank Harris, 15 carries, 49 yards, uh, two catches, 10 yards. Frank Harris and Clayton Toon, your number one and two leading rushers in the game. Brandon Campbell, your leading running back, however. Leading non-quarterback, I should say. Uh, wide receiver Joshua Cephas and wide receiver Zachary Franklin, both 100-plus yards in the game. Cephas, seven catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Z uh, Franklin, 10 catches, 100 yards. Wide receiver DeCorian Clark was also great for UTSA. Six catches, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, for the, the Cougars there, wide receiver Nathaniel Dell, five catches, 50 yards. He scored two touchdowns. A lot of defensive performances in this game. I think I am going to go uh, with defensive lineman Nelson Caesar for Houston. Three tackles, a solo. A sack, tackle for loss, QB hurry, and he had a pick, the big man did. UTSA covered, plus three and a half, over 62. Nebraska rolling North Dakota, 38-17. Man, this one was close. Uh, UND was within range. They, were, they had a great first half, couldn't keep it going in the second, especially the fourth quarter. Uh, where I lost my live plus 19 and a half because Nebraska decided to score one more touchdown. Uh, kind of salty about that one. But Casey Thompson, 14 and 21, 66.7%, 193 yards, two touchdowns. He turned it over twice, though. 
uh, one pick and a fumble. Tommy Schuster, also not the greatest, 24-37, 64.9%, but only 131 yards, a touchdown, and he had a fumble as well. 200-yard rushers in the game, running back Anthony Grant, whale of a game, 23 carries, 189 yards, two touchdowns, and he had one reception for zero yards. Running back Isaiah Smith for the Fighting Hawks, 10 carries, 104 yards, two catches for five yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Trey Palmer for Nebraska led the way, four catches, 82 yards. And defensively, I am going to go with defensive lineman Ben McNabo McNabo, uh, for the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota. Five tackles, two of them solos, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss. Nebraska covered, or North Dakota covered easily, plus 28 and a half, under 62 and a half. Number 21, Ole Miss, 28-10 win over Troy. Closer than a lot of people probably thought. Gunnar Watson was pretty good, 34-47, 72.3%. 275 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. Jackson Dart, not very good in his Ole Miss debut, taking over from Matt Corral, 18-27, 66.7%. But he only had 154 yards, one touchdown, he had a pick. Did have four carries for 40 yards as well. And then quarterback Luke Altmeyer for Ole Miss. He came in late, one of two, 50%, 13 yards. Although Dart didn't have a great Rebel debut, running back Zach Evans transfer, uh, I believe, from TCU. 20 carries, 130 yards, one fumble, two catches for 22 yards. He did have a good Ole Miss debut there. And receiving-wise, Jabre Barber for the Trojans. Five catches, 60 yards. He was your leading receiver. Defensively, I'm going to go with linebacker Kari Coleman for Ole Miss. Eight tackles, seven of them solos, two sacks, and five tackles for loss. Troy covered, plus 21.5, under 57. Number 25, BYU crushing USF in South Florida, 50-21. to Jaron Hall was great, 25-32, 261. That's 78.1%. Two touchdowns, did throw a pick, didn't matter. Five carries, 15 yards. Baylor transfer, Jerry Bohannon for the Bulls here, 17 of 30, 56.7%, 172 yards. One pick, four carries, 28 yards, so not great for Bohannon in his USF debut. Running back Christopher Brooks was great, uh, replacing Tyler Algier in his first start as the number one guy in the backfield for the Cougars. 13 carries, 135 yards, a touchdown, one reception for two yards. Leading receiver in the game, uh, Xavier Weaver for USF. Five catches, 113 yards. Wide receiver Puka Nasua only had one catch for 22 yards. 
but he had three carries for 76 yards and two touchdowns. So great rushing day for Puka there. And then wide receiver Jimmy Horn Jr. for USF. Two catches, 10 yards, but he also had an 89-yard kick return touchdown. Defensively, I'm going with linebacker Max Tooley, one of my favorite players for them. Five tackles, four of them solos, and a 33-yard pick six. BYU covered easily, minus 11.5, and and over 58.5. Number 14, USC. Great first game for Lincoln, Riley, and Co. 66-14 over Rice. Kayla Williams was absolutely fantastic. 19-22, 86.4%, 249 yards, two touchdowns, six carries, 68 yards. I mean, it does not get much better than that for a debut. Quarterback Miller Moss for USC came in in relief of Williams. Also great game, 6-7, of 85.7%, 81 yards, one carry for 10 yards. Quarterbacks for Rice did not fare as well. Wiley Green, 8 of 13, 69 yards and a pick. TJ McMahon, 6 of 15, 40%, 65 yards, and three picks. Uh, Running back Cameron Montgomery actually led the game in rushing yards uh, for Rice. Six carries, 99 yards for him. Running back Austin Jones, Stanford transfer to USC. Four carries, uh, 48 yards. Two touchdowns, also had one reception for 21 yards. Uh, And then running back Ari Broussard, Jarek's brother, I believe, for Rice. 15 carries, 25 yards. He scored two touchdowns, uh, two receptions for 26 yards. Leading receiver in the game, wide receiver Taj Washington for USC. Four catches, 65 yards. Wide receiver Jordan Addison. Pit transfer, five catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns for the reigning Bletnikoff Award winner. Three pick sixes for USC's defense in this game. Uh, Linebacker Shane Lee, eight tackles, all of them solos, two tackles for loss, a pass deflection, and a 40-yard pick six. Defensive back Kalen Bullock, six tackles, four solos, and a 93-yard pick six. And then linebacker Raylan Goforth, Two tackles, both of them solos, and a 31-yard pick six. Crazy game for USC's defense. Uh, USC covered minus 33, over 61.5 USC by themselves. JMU, what a debut at the FBS level for them at home. Harrisonburg was popping 44-7 over mid-Tennessee. Todd Santeo. Uh, Colorado State transfer, I, I think he is uh, 21 to 33, 63.6%, 287 yards. He scored six touchdowns in his JMU debut. Absolute crazy game. And he also carried it 14 yards for 110. 14 carries, 110 yards. Uh, just crazy production for Todd Santeo in his first game as a uh, Duke there, JMU Dukes. 397 total yards, six touch, uh, six touchdowns for him. Quarterback Chase Cunningham for Mid-Tennessee. The Raiders, the Blue Raiders, 18-32, uh, 110 yards and a touchdown. Running back Percy Agui-Obise uh, for JMU. He led the way rushing, 15 carries, 82 yards uh, as the highest non-quarterback rusher. 
Wide receiver Chris Thornton, great game for him for JMU. 12 catches, 155 yards, three touchdowns. Wide receiver Reggie Brown for JMU, five catches, 78 yards. He scored two touchdowns as well. Defensively, I don't even know who to go with. There's a lot of great performances on here. I'm going to go with defensive lineman Jamri Chroma, though, for the Dukes. Four tackles, two of them solos, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. JMU covered easily, minus four and a half, under 60 and a half. Florida beating, upsetting, number seven, Utah, 29-26. Absolutely terrible decision-making by Cameron Rising at the end of the game. You had the tie. You had the tie secured. The tying field goal was there. You're at the, like, three-yard line, five, whatever it was, inside the ten. You cannot make that throw, young man. You threw it away on the first down play right second down you come back and you throw it to a guy that's falling back falling down and is triple covered essentially you cannot make that play if you are going to win a national championship or contend for one Uh, i hope he learns from that and i hope utah comes back stronger because of this game because they should. They should be a contending team this year. And they looked like it for this game. It's just the defense could not get stops when it needed to. The rushing attack <coughs> for Anthony Richardson, Montreal Johnson, they could not stop that. And, <coughs> again, decision-making for Cameron Rising was not good in critical situations. But... That said, Cameron Rising, 22 of 32, 68.9%, 216 yards, a touchdown, and the ill-fated pick. Seven carries, 91 yards for him. Anthony Richardson was great, 17 of 24, 70.8%, 168 yards, 11 carries, 106 yards. He ran for three rushing touchdowns. Running back Tavion Thomas is your leading non as your leading rusher of the game, 23 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown for Utah. Tight end Brant Keithy, your leading receiver in the game for the Utes, nine catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, I'm going to go with the top guy in a losing effort, safety Cole Bishop for Utah, 12 tackles, seven of them solos, a half a tackle for loss, and a QB hurry Florida covered plus two and a half over 51 and a half number 10 Baylor crushing Albany 69 to 10 quarterback Blake Shapin was just awesome 17 to 20 85 percent 214 yards two touchdowns through the air four carries 11 yards another score on the ground Quarterback Reese Poffenbarger for the Danes, 13 to 26, 50%, 150 yards a touchdown, 12 carries, 45 yards. And then quarterback Kyron Drones for Baylor, 5 of 7, 71.4%, 100 yards, one carry uh, for nine yards and a touchdown. Running back Richard Reese for Baylor, nine carries, 62 yards, two touchdowns. He led the way rushing. 
on the day. Uh, wide receiver Monterey Brown Baldwin, he was uh, he scored twice on the day, two catches, 46 yards, a touchdown, four cat, uh, two carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown, four receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Leading receiver in the game was Monterey Baldwin, but I'll shout out uh, tight end Thomas Greeny. Three catches, 57 yards uh, for Albany. And defensively, I'm going to go with uh, defensive lineman A.J. Simon for Albany. Two tackles, two of them solos, uh, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. Also got a shout-out wide receiver Gavin Holmes, 72-yard punt return touchdown. Baylor covered easily. Minus 42.5, over 46, Baylor by themselves. Number 18, Wisconsin, 38-0, shutout win over Illinois State. Graham Mertz was fantastic, 14-16, 219 yards, one touchdown. 87.5% completion. Uh, for Illinois State, the Redbirds, quarterback Zach Anikstad, uh, 16 to 24, 66.7%, 186 yards. He struggled two picks. Running back Braylon Allen was great. Uh, first, Great first game for Logan's Heisman pick. 14 carries, 148 yards, two touchdowns for him. Wide receiver Chimir DK for the Badgers. Three catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. And defensively, I'm going to go with safety John Torchio for the Badgers. Three tackles, one solo, one sack, tack floss, and he had a 100-yard pick six, did Mr. Torchio. Wisconsin covered easily, uh, or close. It was actually very close, 36.5 for them, under 42.5. Number 20, Kentucky, easy win over Miami, Ohio, 37-13. Quarterback Will Levis was very good, 21-32, 65.6%, 303 yards, three touchdowns, and he did have an interception. Uh, Miami, Ohio quarterbacks, Brett Gabbert, 20-28, 71.4%, 166 yards, 10 carries for 28 yards. Quarterback Avion Smith, 2-4, uh, 13 yards. Miami, Ohio's running back Tyree Shelton led the game in rushing. Seven carries, 50 yards, a touchdown, two receptions for 13 yards. Uh, and then wide receiver Tavion Robinson, leading receiver in the game for the Wildcats. Six catches, 136 yards. Wide receiver Barryon Brown for Kentucky. He had three catches, 45 yards, and a 100-yard kick return touchdown. Great day for him. And defensively, I'm going to go with linebacker Jaquez Jones for Kentucky. Three tackles, one solo, one sack, one and a half tackles for loss, and a QB hurry. Kentucky covered minus 16, under 55. Coastal Carolina, what a game for them. 38-28 win over Army. Very, very good game was this one. Quarterback Grayson McCall was great. 12-17, 70.6%. Only 174 yards, but he scored three touchdowns. 
He also ran one in uh, on six carries for 27 yards. The Army quarterbacks were throwing a lot more in this game than normal. Cade Ballard, and they were a lot more explosive too than I have ever seen Army. Cade Ballard, 3 of 5, 88 yards and a touchdown. Tyre Tyler, 1 of 3, 54 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Running back Tyrell Robinson was your leading rusher in the game. Nine carries, 135 yards and a touchdown for Army. Running back Reese White, also great game on the ground. 21 carries, 133 yards, a touchdown. He also had two receptions for 20 yards and two touchdowns. Reese White, three touchdowns in the game. My guy, love Jacoby Buchanan, running back for Army. Eight carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, leading receiver in the game was running back Raheem Murphy for Army. One catch, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, leading receiver, non-running back-wise, wide receiver Sam Pinckney, Georgia State transfer to Coastal. Three receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Running back Awan Marshall also scoring a 54-yard receiving touchdown for Army. Defensively, I'm going to go with linebacker Josiah Stewart for Coastal Carolina. Six tackles, three solos, one and a half tackles for loss, and a QB hurry. Coastal Carolina covered easily minus one and a half over 54. Number one, Alabama, no issue against Utah State. 55-0 shutout win. Bryce Young was awesome. 18-28, 64.3%, 195 yards, threw five touchdowns. Also, just to add on top, five carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown for the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Uh... Other quarterbacks for Alabama, quarterback Jalen Milrow, 8 of 10, 76 yards, a touchdown and a pick, two carries, 10 yards. Quarterback Ty Simpson, 1 of 2, 10 yards. Utah State also played three quarterbacks, Logan Bonner, 3 of 9, 39 yards. Levi Williams, the Wyoming transfer, 2 of 5, 15 yards. And Cooper Legas, 3 of 8 for 3 yards. Georgia Tech transfer running back Jameer Gibbs for Alabama. A great debut for him. Nine carries, 93 yards, and one catch for five yards. Running back Jace McClellan had a great day for Bama as well. Five carries, 23 yards, two catches, 25 yards, and two touchdowns. The wide receiver scoring touchdowns for Bama. Uh, wide receiver Trayshawn Holden. Five catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns. The Georgia transfer wide receiver Jermaine Burton, five catches, 35 yards, and two touchdowns. Defensively, I am going to go with the number one guy there for Utah State in a losing effort. Safety, Ike Larson, seven tackles, three solos, a QB hurry, and a pick. Bama covered, minus 42, under 63. Number two, Ohio State eking it out over number five, Notre Dame, 21-10. Quarterback C.J. Stroud, 24-34, 70.6%, 223 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Quarterback Tyler Buckner, his first start for the Irish, 10 of 18, 55.6%, 177 yards, uh, 11 carries, 18 yards. 
Running back Travion Henderson led the way rushing in the game. 15 carries, 91 yards. Um, Mayon Williams was also very good for the Buckeyes. 14 carries, 84 yards, a touchdown. One reception for 12 yards. Leading receiver in the game, wide receiver Emeka Egbuka uh, for Ohio State. Nine catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, I'm going with OSU's linebacker Tommy Eichenberg. Nine tackles, six of them solos, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. Ohio State offense looked paltry in the first half. The Ohio State defense came to play in the second half. They ran it a lot more, did Ohio State on offense in the second half, got them the win. Pissed off they didn't cover, though. Because uh, Notre Dame plus 17 covered under 58.5. Oregon State, the nightcap. Great game for the Beavers. 34-17 to win over Boise State. Chance Nolan was good. 14-23, to 60.9%, 251 yards, two touchdowns. Did throw two picks, not that good uh, on that front, but four carries, 28 yards as well. Quarterback Talon Green really uh, put a shock into the Bronco offense, 19 to 28, 67.9%, 155 yards. He threw a pick, but he also had 11 carries, 102 yards, and two rushing touchdowns did Mr. Green. Quarterback Hank Bachmeyer pulled early on in the second quarter. Hank, uh, four of eight. 50%, 30 yards, two picks, and a fumble. Terrible, terrible first game. Quarterback controversy in Boise State now. Leading non-quarterback rusher in the game, running back Damian Martinez for the Beavers. 11 carries, 40 yards. Running back Deshaun Fenwick right on his tail. 10 carries, 39 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Tight end Luke Musgrave led the game in receiving six catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown for Oregon State. And defensively, I have to go with uh, probably the the guy that's a dual threat, linebacker Jack Coletto, three tackles, two solos. He also had three carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown on offense. Oregon State covered easily, minus one and a half, under 55 and a half. Number four, Clemson, rolling over Georgia Tech yesterday, 41-10. DJ Uyunglele, not the greatest, but he got it done. 19-32, 59.4%, 209 yards, a touchdown, 13 carries, 28 yards, and another score. Quarterback Jeff Sims wasn't that bad. Um, Not a lot of yards, 23-36, 164 yards, a touchdown, and a pick, 13 carries for 41 yards. And the, the guy that everyone's talking about because he looked fantastic, Cade Klubnick, 4 of 6, 50 yards, and a touchdown on his only drive in the fourth quarter there. Running back Will Shipley led the game in rushing, 10 carries, 42 yards, 2 touchdowns, 1 catch for 14 yards. Um, and then wider uh, receiving-wise, wide receiver Nate McCollum for Tech, Six catches for 55 yards. Your leading receiver in this one. Defensively, I'm going to go with defensive lineman Keon White for Georgia Tech. Two tackles, both of them solos. Two sacks, two tackles for loss. Also at the shout-out, safety Andrew Makuba. 
for the pick. And safety Carson Donnelly and quarterback Billy Wiles on special teams, both having blocks of tech punts. Uh, Clemson covered. It was minus 23 and a half or 24. Um, and then the over, I believe, hit. Uh, or no, the under. I think the under. The over hit. 50 and a half, I think it was, by the hook. Had to say, I forgot to put in the Florida State game here. That game was absolutely crazy as well. Florida State playing LSU in the All-State uh, kickoff there. All-State Louisiana kickoff. Florida State getting it 24-23 to on a blocked extra point. The Seminoles survived a 99-yard touchdown drive late from Jaden Daniels and the LSU offense. They are now 2-0 for the first time in, I believe it's six years. Jordan Travis was great. 20 of 33, 260 yards, two touchdowns uh, for the Seminole quarterback. On the other side, Jaden Daniels, 26 of 35, 209. He had two touchdowns, 16 carries, 114 yards, leading rusher in the game. Uh, Jordan Travis also, eight of eight carries, 31 yards on the ground for him. Leading rusher, non-quarterback-wise, was running back Treshawn Ward for Florida State. 16 carries, 49 yards. Also chipped in one reception for six yards. Receiving-wise, leading receiver in the game was wide receiver Ontario Wilson for Florida State. Seven catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Great game for him. Also scoring twice for LSU was Jerry Jenkins, wide receiver. Five catches, 46 yards, two touchdowns. Defensively, I think I have to go with Florida State. Defensive lineman Jared Verse, three tackles, two solos, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. FSU cover plus four, under 51 hit in that game. Yeah, the under actually hit in the Clemson game, uh, 51 and a half. Minus 24, Clemson covered there. So, NFL news, or college news, my bad, college news. We have the, we got the 12-team college football playoff format nailed down. It is the six highest-ranked conference champions. We'll get the first six seeds, uh, the first top four seeds get buys. 
The next sixth highest ranked teams will be your other six teams. First round games are all played at home stadiums, so we will have college football playoff games on campus. Uh, Going to be electric. Crazy how the home field advantages will work in that system. Week 2 AP poll uh, came out today. We have, of course, Alabama staying number one. UGA jumping Ohio State. They moved to number two, also picked up 17 first place votes now. Uh, Bama has 44, and Ohio State has two. So Ohio State moves down to three. Michigan up four spots to number four. Clemson down to number five. Uh, Other movement throughout the top 25. Oklahoma moves up from nine to seven, up two spots. Notre Dame moves down three to number eight from number five. Baylor moves up one, 10 to nine. USC up four spots, 14 to 10. Oklahoma State up one from 12 to 11. Uh, Florida, massive jump for them, beating Utah. They move up in the rankings for the first time this year, starting out in at number 12. Utah moves down six from number seven to 13. Michigan State and Miami both move up one, 15 to 14 and 16 to 15. Arkansas up three from 19 to 16. NC State, they move down five after their one-point win over ECU. Uh, They move down from 13 to 18. Wisconsin, 38-0 win over Illinois State. They move down one spot, 18 to 19. BYU up four spots, 25 to 21. Ole Miss and Wake Forest both down one, 21 to 22, 22 to 23. Tennessee in the rankings for the first time this season at number 24. And Houston moves down one spot for their triple overtime win, 37-35 over UTSA, 24-25. Oregon and Cincinnati, they both are kicked out of the rankings. Oregon all the way from number 11 and Cincinnati from 23. NFL news, the Steelers, they are going to retire running back Franco Harris's number 32 jersey at halftime of their Week 16 game versus the Raiders. Fitting that it's against the Raiders. Obviously, the immaculate reception for Franco, one of the greatest plays in NFL history against, at that time, the Oakland Raiders. The Lions, they have placed offensive lineman Halapulivati Vitae on IR. He is now out at least four games. Gives him a chance to return this season. Some injury news. Saints rookie offense tackle Trevor Penning. He got good news. He will have a chance to play probably starting around early November. Uh, originally was uh, said to be missing the entire first or the entire season. Uh, but good news for the Saints and Trevor Penning. Also good news, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. He had a workout this week. Um, and he has an outside shot, head coach Robert Sala said, of actually playing week one uh, at home against the Ravens. So crazy that we could possibly see Zach Wilson 
week one. Eagles offensive tackle Andre Dillard. He underwent surgery for his uh, broken forearm. He's going to be out about four to six weeks. Um, head coach Nick Sirianni said they they do have a plan for that. Uh, or offensive coordinator Shane Steichen said they do have a plan for that, and uh, obviously did not divulge what that plan is. The Cowboys they have gotten some offensive tackle reinforcements after Tyron Smith went down. Uh, they signed offensive tackle Jason Peters to their practice squad. They uh, are going to ramp him up and get him up to speed, and then he will be elevated to help out their left tackle situation. The Panthers, they got some defensive line help. They signed the defensive lineman Henry Anderson. Loved the move. Very underrated. His time in Indianapolis and New England. Uh, the Steelers, we had the answer to their week one starter at quarterback. It will be Mitch Trubisky under center week one uh, against Cincinnati. Kenny Pickett, the backup, Mason Rudolph, the third quarterback. The Bucks hosted Raiders linebacker Kenny Young for a visit. They are looking into possibly getting some reinforcements in the middle of their defense there. It is Super Bowl picks time. Here is our final pick standings, though, from last year. Mark finished first. He got me by three games, um, 42-17. Great record for Mark there. 39-20 for myself. And then Chris, uh, 39-20, I believe, as well. 38-19, something like that. Um, but starting off, here are our brackets for our Super Bowl selection. So we'll take you through them real quick. Logan's AFC bracket. Bills the number one seed. Bengals number two. Chargers win the AFC West at number three. Colts win the AFC South at number four. Ravens get in at number five. They will play the Colts. Chiefs at number six will play a divisional game against the Chargers. And... I just put in my next highest rated ranking player there. Uh, and actually, Logan Logan sent... Uh, he, he does have the Raiders, number seven. Um, he actually switched the, the Chiefs and Ravens. Um, Chiefs, five, playing the Colts. Ravens, six, playing the Chargers. Um... And then he does have, we'll get to his uh, his seventh team in a minute with the NFC. But, yeah, I put I put the Raiders in for seven, and it actually was his uh, seventh there. So that is his starting bracket. Wild card round games. Bengals win. Chargers win. Colts advance. Top four seeds advance to the second round. Bills-Bengals would be a fantastic playoff game, similar to Bills-Chiefs last year. Chargers-Colts, I think, would also be a very good game. Divisional round wins. Bills advance to the AFC title game. So do the Chargers. Uh, very popular picks for everyone out there right now. Bills-Chargers. 
My AFC bracket, I have the Bills finishing as the number one seed in the AFC 14-3 record for me. Um, Chargers at number two, they are 12-5. Colts, 11-6, winning the AFC South. 10-7, the Bengals win the AFC North. Uh, they will face a rematch in the playoffs. Raiders get in at 11-6. and six. Broncos in at 6 uh, at 11 and 6 and the Chiefs the entire AFC West yes I have that happening 10 and 7 for Kansas City sliding in uh, they actually slid into the playoffs over the Dolphins who also I have finishing 10 and 7 so I have the same thing all four top seeds advance Bills get to play the Chargers. Colts play the Bengals, so I cannot have the Chargers-Bills play in the AC title game. Um, but I do have an upset. The Bengals, the reigning AFC champs, they beat the Colts. They go back to the AFC championship game. Uh, they have to go to Buffalo to play that game. Bills-Chargers would be an absolutely crazy uh, one. I just have it a week earlier than Logan does, and I have the Bills Bengals a week later than Logan does in my AFC bracket. Now, my NFC bracket, Logan and I both have the Packers as the number one seed in the NFC, just based off what their schedule and their division holds. 13 and 4 for Green Bay in this scenario. Matt LaFleur, another 13 win season. That's all he does is get 13 wins in a season. I have the Saints finishing as the number two seed. They win the NFC South. Love Jameis Winston coming back from an ACL this year um, and what they have on offense. Mike Thomas back at receiver. They have a great offensive line, and uh, their defense is great as well. 12-5 and five for me. I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, sir. The Eagles winning the NFC East at 10-7 and seven in the third seed. The Rams win the NFC West again at 10-7 and seven, uh, as the fourth seed. Bucks, they get in as the fifth seed, 11-6 for me. Uh, the Cowboys, actually I have that mixed up there. Uh, the Cowboys would be the sixth seed um, at 10-7, and seven, and the Niners would get in at nine and eight uh in the seven seed so niners would play the saints cowboys would rematch with the eagles for the third time that would be in philly however it doesn't matter to me really because i would have the saints and the eagles advancing either way the saints had to go to green bay the eagles host the bucks in a rematch from last year i like uh that matchup there saints Win, Eagles win, Eagles go to New Orleans to play the Saints for the NFC Championship game. Packers playoff woes continue. Uh, and the Eagles get revenge on Tom Brady and the Bucks in the playoffs this year. Logan's NFC brackets, number one team here. He did have the Cowboys. I just slotted them in there because they were my next highest uh, win total team that he did not have initially in his six seed bracket. But the Packers, 
are his number one seed as well. Rams for him go number two. Bucks win the NFC South in his scenario, number three. Eagles win the East at four. Niners come in at number five. Vikings, interesting pick for him at six. And the Cowboys get in at seven as well. Wild card round wins, one, two, three, and five. Same thing I had. Uh, the Rams head to Green Bay to play the Packers. The Bucks host the 49ers in Tampa. Divisional round weekend, the Packers, Bucks win. They are your NFC Championship matchup. Bucks head to Green Bay to play the Packers. Logan's Super Bowl and Championship weekend here. Bills, Chargers, Packers, Bucks, your final four. He has the Bills and the Bucks playing in Super Bowl 57 with the Buffalo Bills, the current favorite to win the Super Bowl as his Super Bowl 57 champion. Now, this is a homer pick. But I kept telling people I, I had a dream last week that it, it would happen. Uh, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I've been saying it all along. The Eagles have a chance. I have the Bills-Bengals, Saints-Eagles in the title games. Bills play the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And the Philadelphia Eagles are your Super Bowl 57 champion in my eyes. I'm t I was right on Georgia last year. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm an oracle, but um, I am saying that the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year, and, and you should bet on them because you can get great odds on them, I think, right now. Coach of the year. So, yeah, Logan's doing a homer pick again with his Packers. Hey, Coach Matt LaFleur. It's not a bad pick. Uh, I mean, the man, like I said, all he does is win 13 games in a season. I am going with one of my other teams in the NFL of my three. I, I could go with Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni is a great pick for Coach of the Year. But I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin. I think he doesn't deserve enough. He doesn't get enough credit uh, for, for what he deserves coaching this Steelers team. And I thought he should have won Coach of the Year a couple years ago. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. When Big Ben went down in Week Two against the Seahawks, they went eight eight and eight with with Josh Dobbs, Mason Rudolph, and Duck Hodges under center. Uh, I mean, and they almost beat the Bills at home that year, which I was there for that game. So yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin, I love the odds. I got him at plus twenty five hundred twenty five to one. Um, I think you can you can pencil him in. They're gonna have a winning season. I don't understand why people like the under wins for the Steelers. The man does not do losing seasons. Even if you even if you even if they do have a losing season, right? It's not gonna be under seven wins. I can tell you that. It's gonna be right there on the cusp of a winning season. It's gonna be eight and nine. Uh, but I have them at 9-8. and eight. I think they're going to have a winning season once again under Coach Tomlin, and uh, they're going to have a decent season. Comeback player of the year, Logan likes Robert Woods. That's an interesting selection. I haven't heard many people talk about Robert Woods 
as comeback player of the year. But he has a great opportunity in Tennessee, uh, even with their run-heavy attack. Number one wide receiver right off the bat before uh, while Traylon Burks works his way into the NFL as a rookie. I'm going with my guy, though, Jameis Winston. I've been telling people all offseason the Saints are going to make a lot of hay this year, and I have them winning the NFC South at 12-5 and um, and being the number two seed in the NFC. I think Jameis is set up for long-term success. He was looking great last year after until he went down with a torn ACL. And I think he's going to come back and be better than ever with uh, some help on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Logan likes Kenny Pickett. I was going to go with him. I have a bet in uh, on Kenny Pickett to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's going to be tough. Not sure when Pickett's going to get in um, as the starter. So... With that, I, I don't like that avenue to win the award. There's other guys. Like my guy on the left here, Damian Pierce. I just, he has a great opportunity. They cut Marlon Mack, right? So it's him, Rex Burkhead, and whoever else. But I think Damian Pierce is going to have a great season. He's going to be a league winner, I think, for fantasy wise. Um,. And, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a great season and put up enough numbers to rival the other guys he's competing with, guys like George Pickens, uh, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, all the receivers, etc. So, yeah, give me Damian Pierce and the Houston Texans for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yes, I'm going back to Houston. Uh, two Texans winning the, the Rookie of the Year awards. Why not? I looked at the uh, odds on DraftKings, and I was like, you know, I don't really like a lot of these odds, uh, and a lot of them are just too square for me. So I'm going to go Derek Stingley. Why can't he win Defensive Rookie of the Year? He's a ball hawk. He was at LSU. I didn't really believe on, in him too much coming into the draft, but I think he's in a great situation. He's going to get start right away uh, on the outside for Houston. And he's going to play against some good competition in the AFC South against Michael Pittman, Alex Pierce for the Colts. He's going to have to play against Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones for the Jags. And um, against the Titans, he's going to have to face Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. So I think he's going to have a good opportunity to have a, have a great season. And we'll see where things stack up at the end. Logan went with the square pick, uh, the favorite to win Defensive Rookie of the Year right now, Aiden Hutchinson. I think that's a great pick as well. I think he has a, a very good opportunity in Detroit as the starting defensive end there and should put up uh, enough sacks to win the award. I think uh, he probably will, but uh, we'll have to wait and see how that Lions defense w looks and how teams scheme up against Aiden Hutchinson with not a lot to worry about on the rest of the defensive line. Offensive play of the year. Logan likes Justin Jefferson. I really can't disagree with that pick. Uh, you know, he is the only player to have 3,000-plus receiving yards in his first two seasons combined. 
Now, Jamar Chase could match that this year. Uh, he has, I believe, 1,455 yards last year, so needs a massive year, does Jamar Chase, in order to get over 3,000 yards like Jefferson in his first two. But I'm going to go with the guy that won it last year, uh, or I believe he won it last year. I can't remember if him or Cooper Cup won it. Maybe Coop did. But anyways, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, 